0: and Welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko and this week we are previewing the first round of the year, the Bahrain Grand Prix. With me are two of the boys. I have Riso and Andy. How are you, Riso? I'm going great, thanks. And what about you, Andy? How are you?
1: Can't complain, mate. I'm excited. I'm excited,
2: mate. We have racing back. It's back. I'm excited too.
0: It's back. It's new. There's a lot of interesting things that have been happening. We've got the classic Mercedes saying that our car's not good, but that doesn't mean anything. We have Max Verstappen just signing the largest contract in history in F1. I think he signed on to 2028 or 2026, 2028. And Danny Rick's sick, and we have a race in a couple of days. So I am stoked. I am
2: stoked. I'm not stoked about Danny being sick, but hopefully he gets back.
0: Yeah, I might have misspoke there. I'm not stoked about <laughs> Danny getting sick. Not stick, sick. However... I am very excited to see some cars on the track again. Me too, mate. Me too. I think the best way to begin today is handing over to our resident super nerd to do the kind of Sebastian Vettel treatment Mm -hmm. of the Bahrain GP. So Andy, take it away, mate. What do you got for
1: us? First of all, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, calling me Seb Vettel. You're welcome. (laughs) So Bahrain come onto the scene in 2004, has only missed one year since then, and that was 2011 due to a conflict in the country. I did my research this week. You've done some <laughs> research. The track is 5.412 kilometers, there's 57 laps, and the lap record is held by Pedro De La Rosa at a 1.31.447.
0: This might be revealing a little bit too much, but I am a relative recent convert to the sport, so I have no idea who Pedro Acosta is. But he sounds fast,
1: right? Yeah. Pedro Acosta drives motorbikes, mate. It's Pedro De La Rosa. I am a Rosa. <laughs> <fan laughs>
0: I am a fan of the MotoGP series as well, so I might have some wires crossed a little bit.
1: Pedro De La Rosa used to be a test driver for McLaren. I believe he subbed in a race a few times and has raced for another team that I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, fair enough. What are your boys' opinion on Bahrain? So not it's not normally the season open. That's normally held by our beautiful country of Australia. But the last few years under COVID, Bahrain's kind of taken the season opener. And I'm interested to see, Reese, what your thoughts have been on the last few years of
2: Bahrain. I only got into this uh, last year and I missed the start. So I watched the highlights of last year and it looked exciting. There was, seemed to be a lot of wheel-to-wheel racing in the old regulations, which wasn't that common. Yep. which I love to see. I'm hoping there's not too much going wrong as the new regulations come in and it's a nice nice race and you can see what's going on for the rest of the season.
1: Look,
0: I really hope so too. Andy, what's your main takeaways from Bahrain from the last few years? Is it a good track? Is it a bad track? What do you reckon?
1: Look, I love the track. I think the three the three uh, long straights leading into a hard braking zone, that always creates opportunity for overtaking. Plus, I mean... We got the meme of the year last year in the first three corners with Nikita (laughs) Mazaspin happening.
0: (laughs) There was, there was, and I I don't think I'm the only one who in that first race we saw someone go off in a very similar way to Roman. And there was that little twinge of fear that, oh my God, has this happened again? And then it turned out it wasn't, it was just Mazaspin setting the tone for, I guess, his entire (laughs) F1 career. I also am a fan of Bahrain. I think it's really good racing. Another point that isn't spoken about enough is that it is one of the few tracks that is raced under lights. Mm. It shows off the car livery is beautiful. And these cars this year are incredible to look at. They genuinely are. It's probably the most artsy an F1 car has looked. I'd say the last few years of regulations have been a more function over form, where this looks like a beautiful meeting point of both form and function. Those cars are stunning. So the lights are going to show them off really, really well. And you're right, those three straights are incredibly quick. They crack about 350 k's an hour down those and they go into very harsh corners and there's one hairpin involved, isn't there? Or yeah, a sharp, the, sharp turn towards there's the, the end.
1: Th- there's a sweeping hairpin down the back of the second DRS zone. I know this, I raced it on the game today while I was prepping for, the, <laughs> <laughs> prepping for this. <laughs> and I guess the point is, is that All of us do actively play
0: the F1 games. Now, we don't think we have any particularly good driving skills. However, it does give you a driver's eye perspective of the track and that it is a fun track to play
2: on. With the testing just being there, there's a lot of good footage and uh, Max Verstappen getting the fastest lap. I just saw that on YouTube of him just doing the whole lap and it looks fantastic.
0: There's a brilliant flow to the track and the driver's... It is one of the good driver-like tracks. There's a few that the drivers don't rate personally. Bahrain's one of the few that you never really hear about. Everyone just kind of shows up and has a really good time. I think that's enough about the track. It's a new season of racing. I think we get a little bit silly. So I've spent my time today not researching anything. I've just imagined what I thought some of the things will happen. So I have a list. I'm going to read them to you. And I just want to I want to hear your take on these points. Some of them are well thought out. Some of them may be a small amount of Jacko's fantasy involved. So the one I want to start with is bold, but I'm going in hard this year. Hard to score a point with Magnuson. I'm putting it out there.
2: What do you think? I think Gunda is happy that he has Magnussen. and hopefully they go better than last year. Because on the highlights, I saw Mazda spin spinning out. Yep. Constantly. Yeah, and Schumacher just spinning out also, but not deemed to do a a yellow or red flag.
0: Yeah, look, there was a year full of mistakes for both drivers in their rookie season. I think the big difference between Mazepin and Mick is that Mick showed constant and improved growth throughout the year, and that has really earned him his place to say. When Mazepin did enter the sport in a controversial way, didn't perform, and that kind of led to his continued non-performance and legacy. We need to mentioned the fact that why I've put Haas getting a point. Magnussen put that car fastest in day two of testing.
1: When there was no cameras and he could turn the engine up as fast as he wanted. I just want to point <laughs> that out. <laughs> are we are we,
0: are we we putting uh, a little bit of our conspiracy hats on and saying that there might have been some silly games happening, Mr. Andy?
1: I'm not saying I'm putting a conspiracy hat on. I've just seen a few people from the F1 paddock said that. And okay, well, I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on because the
0: second point I wrote down is that Toto and Christian finally share a kiss during this race.
1: Yeah, it's the kiss of death.
0: I don't think so. It'd make for great
1: content. It would. Drive to Survive is fucking profit. Season five. It. Yeah, it'd be <laughs>
0: unreal. Look, I don't know them personally. None of us do. But from everything I've seen, you can't honestly tell me there's a little bit of passion
1: some chemistry in their dealings. In
0: there's certainly some chemistry. I know one of them's married to Ginger Spice, but I'm just saying it would be kind of nice... <laughs> be kind of nice to see a little bit of a smooch.
1: Maybe not a smooch, but maybe a a respected hug between them. Could be on the cards. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they hug it out after the controversy (laughs) of last season. They're like, nah, new season, hug it out, let's go. I'm going to take my
0: crazy hat off at the moment and say, they're probably not on good speaking terms at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Last year ended a little bit heated. Also on my list. So I'm going to take my crazy hat off, and this is what I think is more realistic to happen. I think an Alpine blows up. Renault has made the decision that they have put performance over reliability. And the last time that happened, it went famously wrong. McLaren was with Renault as an engine supplier for quite a amount of time and they were famously unreliable. We saw in testing that an Alpine had some engine issues and not only did it break down, but it actually blew the engine and there was a significant, I'm going to say explosion. The car blew up on track and there was a bit of a... (laughs) Bits of it fell out the bottom of it, which is not normally a healthy car thing
2: to do. There's not many healthy things. Blowing up and smoking really badly, I've noticed, is. They're two of the big ones.
0: ones. Fire is also a big one, and (laughs) Russian drivers is also a big one for mistakes as well, apparently. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to say possibly one of the Alpines doesn't make it. What do you guys think? What are some of your points to make?
1: I think we're going to see a really close fight at the top after the second week of testing. I think we've got three top contenders in Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. And I think one of those three teams is going to come out guns blazing and pull a one-two. I don't know which one, but one of them's pulling a one-two this weekend. You're going one-two. I can't – so I know I said something controversial last week about my take. I can't even
0: remember what it was. It sounds – look, chances are it is probably going to be a one-two. There are – this is a sport of domination. There have always been dominant teams throughout the years. It's very, very rare that we have one person win, another person win, and then a third contender win in a row. They normally will form a winning premiership window where they get two or three on the trot.
1: Or five on the trot.
0: Or, yes, six or crazy stuff that happens these days. And I do have a genuine slight worry that we have seen domination switch from Mercedes to Red Bull because even though it's nice to see Max winning, I don't want it to quickly devolve into, well, now Max is dominating and no one can beat him. I do really want to see great competition throughout the year.
2: And I'm hoping the new regulations bring that and I reckon that there might be a bit more team strategy with the new regulations of where is your teammate and what can he do for you to bring it forward? Definitely. Team
0: play is massively important in this sport. I do have significant concerns about the Alfa Romeo as well. They possibly had the coolest camo livery we've ever seen. It looked awesome. It didn't work, but...
2: No, I hate to be a sponsor there. You couldn't see any of the sponsors on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and look, can you imagine... And the irony of having a camo car that was never
1: on track. It might have been on track the whole time. we just <laughs> never seen it. we never seen it. It's the John Cena of cars.
0: <laughs> Speaking of camouflage things, I do remember one time at university, I lost a camouflage backpack and it's never, never left my soul the irony in putting down a camouflage backpack and never finding it. So I think that Jew will come in last place. I don't know if that Alfa Romeo has moved in the right direction. It breaks my heart because VB's there. I want Guan Yu Zhou to do well. I like our Romeo; That car is beautiful with delivery. It's I don't a, know.
1: It's a Zhou Guan Yu. Zhou Guan Yu? Yes. It's actually pronounced Zhou Guan Yu. Zhou Guan Yu. I'm. He confirmed it on a podcast the other week or like in an interview or something. It's Zhou Guan Yu, so we need to change that up a bit. More than happy to change it because you're right.
0: On the F1 media announcing the testing times and things like that, they have switched how his name's changed. And I know that is because in certain areas in Asian countries – the way you address people's names are reversed from the Western world. So I think that's where the confusion normally comes from. So it's Zhu Guan, uh, Guanyo.
1: Zhou
2: Guanyu, Zhou Guanyu. Yes. Guan. I'm still going to butcher that.
0: I'm going to do my best. I'm not feeling confident. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put myself in the afro Mayo camp for that one. It's probably not going to work too well, but I'll do my best. I also can't believe that out of the three of us, the bogan has called us out on our <laughs> pronunciation of someone's name. I want to make that clear. Um, I don't know if anyone has seen photos of us, but Andy is the most redneck looking one in the room, by far.
1: That's a, that's a statement of pride for me. It's a statement. And
0: i tell you what, man, no one can pull off that beavers and Butthead t-shirt like you can. <laughs> Other things on my list that I think are a bit ridiculous. I have written here that Bono finally has a mental breakdown. Is it because I, of tyres? It's going to be because of tyres. <laughs> it has to be because of tyres.
1: Surely. He's, he's going to see those tyres in his sleep every night. Can you imagine
0: waking up every day, working with one of the best athletes on this planet, who can do anything in a car, things that people can never do, things that seem magical. And you know the only thing he's going to tell you Bono, is, my
1: tyres are dead. Bono,
0: my tyres are dead. Bono, Bono, they're dead. Bono.
1: Bono, we should have pitted. Bono, Bono, we shouldn't have come in.
0: Bono, why are you crying? Why are you crying, Bono? <laughs> Look, Lewis is a fantastic driver. I do think his relationship with some of- or the way he speaks to some people when he's under pressure isn't the best. However- I will never understand the pressure and the G-forces and what they're going through in those moments. I think it's very easy for us to sit here and say, oh, he sounds bad on the radio. He speaks rude. I've never moved that quick in my life before. And I one day really hope to. (laughs) I don't know whether it will be legally or not. But if I ever do move that quick, I'm probably not going to be the nicest when someone calls me and talks to about it because it's probably going to be a police officer. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a few more serious ones here. I don't know if Daniel will be recovered or well enough to race. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not yet. However...
1: We'll find out maybe tomorrow night, early Friday morning, because it's Bahrain Thursday that he'll be confirmed out. If he gets another positive test, I think the mail is Piastri's coming in.
0: Yeah, well, Alpine, credit to them. When Daniel Ricciardo announced that he was COVID positive, Alpine instantly said we were happy to release Oscar Piastri for the race. One, I think that's a really, really good culture thing for the sport. However, i am put my... Crazy hat back on. (laughs) McLaren and Alpine are neck and neck. They are competing. It is a great idea to release your reserve driver, who you really want in your program, to race in your competitor's car, who is also an Aussie and is really well-liked because McLaren will probably share a lot of information with young Oscar who can then go back to Renault and say, hey, so this is how you make it not blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really nice gesture. However, I do believe there are far more games being at play here. As much as we like to pick on Mercedes and Red Bull as these two scheming teams, they are all as bad as each other when it comes down to it.
1: Well, I just want to point out uh, the Mercedes contract McLaren has for their engines also allows them access to Stoffel van Dorn and Nick de Vries if they're available.
0: Nick de Vries is still winning it. Formula E, isn't he?
1: I believe so. I don't know if they're in the like in Bahrain, but I know those two drivers are available. If like they're available to McLaren, if they so choose. I like Stoffel, but I think he needs to accept the fact that he has been
0: a reserve driver for the last couple of years, and the last few years have seen the most reserve drivers being utilised, and he hasn't been picked once. I'd love to see him, but
1: Stoff, my man.
0: It's not happening.
1: Well, he's got a bad track record. Look at the years he was racing for McLaren. He yeah. was there with Alonso in Honda years.
0: Oh, the GP2 years. GP2 years. The famous GP2. I think that might be the best radio blow up I've ever heard by the a GP driver. GP2 engine. GP2. Oh, it was incredible. It's also why I like Max so much because he gets out of the car, he throws the steering wheel, he throws a helmet, he kicks the car, he storms off. I love it. I love seeing that.
1: Well, he doesn't throw it a wheel, but he definitely kicks the car. Look what he did after Baku.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys have any crazy predictions? Yeah, I'll go on. What do you got? I reckon Lando, podium.
0: It's not off the By cars.
1: crashing someone out. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. All right,
0: now we're talking. I've made it very clear. I've made it very clear. And I'll make it clear again. Lando, you're an incredible driver. Brilliant. Unfortunately, mate, you're the guy I put a little bit too much shit on. I know I shouldn't, but he does cop it a little bit for me, so I wouldn't
1: hate to see that. The question is, who's he going to bin it into? I'd like seeing see him bin it into Lewis, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's just personal bias,
0: Art. All right, let's address the elephant in the room. Are Max and Lewis going to make it around this track without hitting
1: each other? If they're on the front row, they're definitely crashing into each other first corner. You're, I, I
2: don't see it any other way. One question I have is how important is the data for this race with it's, this new regulation? It is
1: absolutely important. Yes. That doesn't change the fact Max is a hothead. Yeah. And if Max is second and he thinks he can get ahead of Lewis, he's going to bend it into Lewis.
0: I, definitely. However, your point about the data and all the testing and the shakedown that's going on with these cars, it is actually vitally important. Yeah. Because of this regulation change that we've gone through, even things like the driver's body weight and size and makeup and height will have certain effects on the car. So the best team to talk about that with would be either AlfaTori or Alpine because you have Yuki Tsunoda who's, I think... He's 5'2". I was going to say three one, but we'll go with 5'2". <laughs> Small person. But he's he's tiny. He, he probably only weighs about 50 kilos. And he's partnered up with Pierre Gasly who I think is 6 foot. So there's a significant size different there. And then when we look at Alpine, you have Fernando Alonso, who is a relatively standard size F1 driver. And then you have Ocon, who is a giant compared to the rest of him. He's over 6'4", so his head sits up far higher in the car. All those testing and data points are drawn to help make sure that the setups they're using will pair the machine and the human perfectly to allow them to perform at the optimum. That's why we're so concerned about teams like Alpha Romeo, who didn't spend a huge amount of time on track, because Every lap, the engineers are finding out more information. They're learning more things, and that's allowing them to fiddle with the setups, adjust the seats, adjust the suspension, drop the ride height, all those little things that give you the milliseconds on the track that end up adding up to a two-tenth gap. So data, incredibly important.
2: Won't stop them there. It won't stop anything. After last year and the ending they had, I reckon there's going to be a lot of, aggression on the track between uh, Max and Lewis?
0: I think it's inevitable. They are both incredible athletes who want to win. Max to prove that he is as good as everyone says he is and he knows he is, and Lewis to prove that, hey, that was just a blip. That means nothing to me. So we'll see. Well, we've addressed Red Bull and Mercedes, I think we need to talk about Ferrari because when we keep saying top three or there's going to be more in it, I think Ferrari is the obvious choice that is going to... They look like they're in championship form this year.
1: It's been a long time coming. It has been a long
0: time coming. Charles is, when he's out in the front, he's cool, calm, collected. And when he's at the back, he's a raging bull. So he's always exciting no matter what happens. Carlos is the smooth operator, except for Russia.
1: He doesn't have to worry about that no more. No
0: one has to worry about that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) If there is going to be a push from another team, I think we will see... Alpine McLaren and AlphaTauri pick up some podiums and whatnot and push, but Ferrari is a genuine title contender this year. And I think that both Charles and Carlos have the ability to take the car over the line. Where it may fall down for that team is Ferrari has never been able to manage
1: two good drivers. They probably won't be. They'll probably they'll look at the first race and let's be honest, Charles is their golden boy. They might put all their money behind Charles winning the championship this year and Carlos plays the Perez role. They definitely saw how effective that was with Red Bull. So I
0: don't think that can be taken off the cards whatsoever. But Ferrari is going to be up there. That car looks quick. In testing, they were very quick, very consistent, and very reliable too. Ferrari has changed their tack. They're not doing this where where the passion, where the blood of the sport. They've actually kept their mouth shut remarkably well over the last off-season and development of this car. I know we have, outside the podcast, spent hours talking about Mattia Bernardo and whether he's actually decent or not. I think he's finally got a handle on that team. I think they're finally moving in a direction where we can see them step back into the limelight and be that Ferrari that every F1 fan is part of them, is a Ferrari fan. Seb Vettel himself said it, even when he was racing for a Ferrari to an interview. It's a very funny clip if you haven't seen it. But he essentially says, even if you don't like Ferrari, you are still a Ferrari fan because F1 and Ferrari is what it is. That's part of the deal. I really hope they're up there. What do we think is going to happen at the bottom of the grid? So who's going to be down the bottom? Who do we think is going to struggle this year? Riso, who do you think is going to be down the bottom?
2: I think Williams might have be down there, The sort of thing. I haven't heard much of them. And losing Russell, I reckon, is... is Pretty big for them, in a way.
0: That is a bold
1: statement, my friend. That yeah. is a bold statement. Andy, who are you putting down near the bottom this year? I'm putting Alfa Romeo. Um, and I hate to do this, but I think Aston Martin are going to be down the bottom. You, Yeah, you have mentioned
0: a few times that Aston Martin, while it looks good, you're seeing their chassis design isn't matching what some of the Bigger teams are quite doing. Yeah, and
1: after Mercedes basically took the side pod idea and threw it out, threw it in the bin. They're running no side pods now, and Al- Aston still has the fattest side pods in the fucking in the place.
0: They do, they do. That new Mercedes that they rolled out in Bahrain looked insane with no side pods. It looked like a modern day battleship more than anything else. It was incredible. I don't know. Though, whether they were sandbagging or whether this new side pod design was actually that effective, my gut's telling me that they developed both styles and that it's kind of turned out that they're negligible in their difference. That's my take from what I've seen. I'm probably going to be proven wrong though.
2: One thing I think will be pretty crazy to see if they come out with a totally different third of like, for race one, there's something completely different. Secret plan C. Yeah. Sandbag <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <back> once again. <laughs> Everyone else is trying to copy them with the battleship design, and they just go, nah, we fooled you.
0: I tell you what, that would be the play of the generation, <laughs> yeah. is to develop a car with side pods, then throw the absolute red herring of going stealth spaceship design, knowing it's a dog of a car, <laughs> and then on Bahrain rolling out operation x which has (laughs) even bigger side pods than the aston (laughs) (laughs) and is just this behemoth of a car now that you said it though i'm worried (laughs) i am worried because Mercedes, mercedes it doesn't matter what anyone in mercedes says they're quick that's the rules mercedes are fast
1: even the fucking other teams are saying that. Even the other teams are saying and like, Mercedes are coming out saying like, oh, we think we're third of the top three. And Ferrari and Red Bull like, no, they're not.
2: <laughs>
0: and
1: we don't believe them. They say it every year and then they win the first three races.
0: So the world championship of gaslighting for the 12th year in the row was taken out by <laughs> Mercedes again. Oh, easily. Easily. I want the Williams to be up the grid a little bit.
1: I feel like it will be. I think they've gone the right design this year. The car does look quick. Um, the drivers are quick
2: Latifi like and
0: Albon are decent drivers and they're both young kids they've got good financial backing the both of them things are looking up for the Williams team across the board
2: Yeah, it shows my novice knowledge about the sport <laughs> 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 but that's why we have you here yes. man because I'm the common man you're the common you're the man in the stands who's
0: been dragged along by his friends and told hey man we'll give you eight beers come watch this thing with us <laughs> Righto, boys. Well, I think we jump into our 10 to run run through of where we think the teams will place and what we think they're going to be capable of in this Bahrain race. So let's start with the world champion, Red Bull.
1: Uh, I believe you mean Mercedes. I don't. No, you do because they won the Constructors title. The Constructors doesn't mean anything. Actually, it means tens of millions of dollars per place, mate. All I'm saying is... Max won the Drivers' Championship. Mercedes won... The fireworks
0: won. went off for Max. The fireworks went off for Max. Look, I'm happy to let you start with Mercedes.
1: We definitely need to start with Mercedes. As long we're going to go championship agree. order. I'm agreeing Red Bull won the Drivers' title.
0: Which is the real championship. That's what we're agreeing on, aren't we? Perfect. So let's start with Mercedes. <laughs> we'll start with fine. Look, out of fairness, no, Mercedes did win the World Drivers' Championship. Uh, well, constructors championship. And that is a huge, huge win. Even though the general consensus is that the driver's championship matters, the constructors championship is where the real money is. So we will start with that. Mercedes. Look, we've spoken a little bit about the car. I think they're going to be, both drivers will be in the top five. The car looks good regardless of what they bring to the track. It's going to be quick. Their drivers are both brilliant. You know, they're going to be pushing for places. What do you think, Andy?
1: I think they're going to be bringing back the side pods. I don't think that no side pod design worked for them. I think they had a lot of issues with it. If they come out with no side pods. Good on them. But I think they'll bring back the side pods. Yeah. And they'll get they'll get top 10. Both? both cars will be in the top 10.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can agree. Both cars in top 10. They're both good drivers and the engineers, they're great. They're not going to. Play silly boggers.
0: No, they're the best. Look, they're the, one of the best sporting outfits on the planet. We know they're going to be up there. As much as some of us want to see them fireball spectacularly and fall down the order and not, not really be this dominant force, they're going to be up there, which leads us to Red Bull. And for me, it is much the same sort of thought process. I think Red Bull, in conjunction with Adrian Newey, have built themselves into this genuine racing outfit. Perez has had that year in the car. He really killed it last year. Without him, Max would not be world championship. There's no doubt about that. Max is coming off a world championship win. He signed the biggest contract in history. I'm going to say that, look, both of them, again, in the top 10 scoring good points. More likely than not, one or either both of them will be in the top five. Yeah. What's your take on Red Bull, Riso?
2: I think they will be up there. I I think Lewis and Max will be up there fighting for it, and it depends on the Minister of Defence of how, how he comes into play. Maybe we'll determine the race, but definitely both of them in the top ten.
0: Look, absolutely, and Andy, what is, what's your take on Red Bull?
1: I think Max, he'll be in the top three probably, unless he crashes out in the first lap. Yep, um, Perez, he's solid; he'll be in the top ten. Um, nothing more to add to that. They'll be there. Yeah. It's absolutely. Red Bull. It
0: is, it is. and at That's this point, for and in all, in all honesty. We've had, what, six or seven years of Mercedes dominance directly before that was four to five years of Red Bull dominance. They're, they're, they are the two best. And even though Mercedes has clearly been the better of the two lately, Red Bull's always been up there since they've been in the sport.
1: And every championship since 2009 has either been won by that Brackley outfit or the Red Bulls that are wherever the hell they are. I You know what? I've written, Milton Keynes.
0: Milton Keynes, that's right, because I wrote all of those down in my notebook <laughs> and I knew it was a double name. It's like, I literally wrote this down the other day. Ferrari. I'm calling it a dark horse Ferrari.
1: I think this year. I think Ferrari's going to be the winner. I think Ferrari's got the winning car. The winning car for this race. This race? This race. I think Ferrari will have the winning car, whether it's Charles or Carlos. We'll still. It's still to be seen, but I think they win the race. I'm going to agree with you.
0: That car is the most complete racing package that we've seen rolled out. They've had that consistent design. They've not really fiddled with it much. It looks good. If I had to pick who would actually get the win... I'm going to say Charles, because when he's on, he is just as good as Max and Lewis. So I think if anyone's going to take the cake, it's probably going to be him. What are your takes on Ferrari
2: for Bahrain, mate? Um, I think they're, they're going to be up there. They are a nice looking car, and they're great drivers. And it's them two, as a team, are great drivers. I really do like that. I've seen them play chess before. That really got my, like, they're like they understand each other. Yeah.
0: So I know we've hung a lot of crap on Andy about being the bogan, but now it's your turn to cop a little bit. You are, you are definitely the the upper class of this show. You're a, you're a man of fine tastes, fine wine. He's chess, a, he's eastern suburbs yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So obviously, yeah. these two boys and playing chess is going to tickle your fancy
2: yeah. a little but bit. But they, they they work together as a team. That's right. I don't know. What William, uh, what Russell will do for Mercedes, and uh, and then obviously Perez is, is a great number two driver for Max.
0: Hopefully, they can come to an understanding and be like, okay,
1: Charles gets first shot. Yeah. you're there to pick up the scraps. But I wish, I wish we had a crybaby sweeper right now because I just play that. Like, that's what George will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Look, he's not. He's
0: There's been so many reports coming out of his take on how he's going to stance himself. You've had some media saying he's going to go in there and try and dominate and make it his own. You've had other media saying he's going to go in there and happily play the game because Lewis has only got a year or two in him and might, he might move on. There's a whole bunch of speculation. I don't know for real what he will do. No I one can does. Guarantee only you, does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can guarantee you it's not going to be all sunshine and flowers. There's gonna be there's going to be a bit of ego rubbing. There's gonna be the new young kid and the old master. And because both of them have similar attitudes, I don't think they're gonna play nicely with each other. Whereas Ferrari have two of like the really nice guys and they all seem to get along and th- their output is is great to see. Yeah. Which moves us on to our fourth place getters from last year, which was an exciting finish at the end of the championship last year of who was actually gonna get fourth. That brings us to the
1: bright orange highlighters of McLaren.
2: My favourite, to be honest.
0: Your favourite? Yeah,
2: yeah I think
1: it's our, this show's favourite. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, because we're Australian, we have to love McLaren.
2: Yeah. And Lando, I'm not as much of a hater as Jack is. Can't stand him. I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah. Go drink some milk and shut up.
2: <laughs> the, I'm hoping Danny Rick races this weekend. That might throw a little spanner in the works for him. Said his
1: name wrong. It's a big dick, Danny Rick, on this <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> to be fair... The master himself will be addressed as big dick, (laughs) Danny.
2: Thank you. (laughs) It is a title you earn,
0: (laughs) and we do not use those words lightly. Now, we have no evidence either, (laughs) but honestly, look at him. You know he's packing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I want them to be good. This is the first McLaren livery that I've really, really liked. I think the team's in a really good spot. I don't know. We saw some good things from them in testing. We also send some bad things from them in testing. And that's what makes me nervous. However, I do believe that the team has the stability and their leadership and their design team that whatever comes up, they will fix. I just, this dream that we've all had of, you know, McLaren, Danny and Zach, and they're just, everything's going to work properly. I think it's not as easy as we all thought it would be from the start. They are on the path. It's definitely not happening as happening as quick as we all kind of assumed. So that's what's making me nervous because Daniel is in moving towards the end of his career. He's not a young 20-year-old anymore. He will have a seat for years to come. But if these guys don't start really putting together a racing package that can bring him there, it may look like he won't have the opportunity that we all know he can convert
2: with. They just need to accept that he's the number one driver. (laughs) Lando needs to accept (laughs) that.
1: I mean, saying that, Lando did all the testing last week. I know. And he did did a pretty good job with a really shitty car. Look,
0: I will never deny his talent. He's full on. Like, he's a great race driver. I just want Danny to win so bad. (laughs) I want Danny to win so bad. Does anyone else have anything on McLaren or is that it? We want it to do well and we're just really nervous.
1: I'm just really nervous because Danny didn't get to test last week. Now out of all the drivers, he's the one that's had the least driving in the new car. He's missed three whole days and that's an eternity these days. Yeah, even K-Mag got more testing and he signed the night before testing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm a bit nervous for Danny Rick. I don't think he's... I think Lando, top 10, Danny Rick might be struggling to make the top 10 and I'm really sad to say that.
0: Yeah, and... As much as I want to be like, no, he'll be fine, top three, chances are this race is going to not be a brilliant one for him simply because he has lost the opportunity to prepare. And we also don't know how how well he will recover from COVID because this is the, the quickest case to race we've seen. Most drivers take a week or two off. The replacements, they find out on the Monday you can bring other people in, except for Nico, who literally got called up. But that wasn't for COVID. That was from Stroll. Just, I mean, there's no no confirmation. He had some stomach issues. I'm just metaphorically saying it was a shit-in-the-bed kind of situation. (laughs) I thought he
1: came in and replaced Checo, not Stroll. Because Checo had COVID, and then they called Hulk in. And then Hulk came in qualifying day and then put the car 20th and then raced it to the top 10.
0: Did he replace Stroll as well at one point? No, he didn't. (laughs) <laughs> I should work for Drive to
1: Survive because my
0: narrative is sick. <laughs> and they make shit up all the time. So, Netflix, give me a call, man. I've got some stories for you that I think are pretty great.
1: Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. You're, <laughs> you're completely wrong, Jack. I'm glad it's I got Fundamentally
0: injury, yeah. changed my viewpoint on what happened last
1: year. Really? It was two years ago as well. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jack's just completely lost uh, 2021 to COVID. It's been a rough few years, boys. <laughs> yep. Let's... Let's move on. I think, personally,
0: for my sake, I need to move on. You do. Let's talk about the French Alpine team. I've already said before, only one car's going to finish. One of them's going to explode. Unfortunately, it will be Fernando because he actually drives the
1: car fast and properly. Ocon doesn't. Therefore, his car will make it. See, I reckon it's Ocon's car that blows. I I want it. it. I'd prefer to see Ocon's car blow just because I like seeing Fernando drive, but... I mean, you're right. One of them's going to go. Like, It's inevitable cars aren't going to finish this race. It's the first race of a regulation. Pretty safe to say Alpine's one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They've already blown up an engine. They weren't even cooking it that hard. And from a lot of the people we've spoken to, a lot of the people we've reached out to on social media, and a lot of other productions out there, that bright pink car has not been received well. <laughs> Genuinely, from all the stuff I've heard, I'm fine with it.
1: I heard one positive review today when I was watching Tomo's predictions. Oh, I
0: thought it was going to be mine that I just did then. No, no, I was no, like, no, no. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. I'm fine with uh, it. No, no, no. f one predicted that they'll do good, and he said the pink livery is better than the blue livery. He's wrong about that. I the know he is. It's no. nicer.
0: But I don't I don't think the pink livery is offensive to
1: the eyes. It's full on. It's way too full on, I think.
2: What's your take the, the, on the our pink? Thing? The pink accents are a bit better than the whole pink car. That's more about the livery than their performance. Um, but, yeah. Shout out to the CEO
0: of BWT who's literally, like, wielding this massive paycheck and being like, all it's going to cost is a little bit of pink. <laughs> That's it. Like, every car he's sponsored, he's gone. look, I'll pay for whatever you want, but it's going to be pink. And I respect
1: that energy. You didn't mention about Alpine's new team principal, Otmar. Otmar. You have not mentioned it once. I've
0: not mentioned Otmar once. It's kind of slipped through the cracks with everything
1: that's going on. Just like uh, the Aston's new team principal my crack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bad choice of words. So, I'm so glad that Otmar's still in the sport. Uh, He is a fantastic team principal. It's nice to see him not looking terrified in the paddock anymore because... He hasn't
1: got the evil emperor overseeing him.
0: He doesn't have Big Daddy Stroll. And Big Daddy Stroll, like the evil emperor is clearly Toto, Darth Toto. (laughs) He is the Sith Lord of the sport where, you know, Stroll just came off. All those videos of him being like, my team has been unfairly targeted. Like, shut up, man. Seriously. Go back to Canada. And we like Canadians too, just not that one. Or his son. (laughs) (laughs) Package deal, unfortunately. I'm glad Altmar's still in the sport. I think he's good for the sport. He's cl- he clearly loves it. Alpine is a good spot for him. With With him finding that new place, I really hope we see some strong leadership and direction from Alpine. I think that's what they missed last year. They kind of had a, a cycling musical chair situation of team principals that this one man, Dominicali, is a team principal, but he's only responsible for these certain things. And then this person's doing this. And then another random man's taking that. You do need one person out in front guiding a team. You do need that strong personality and that deciding force. And I think that's what Otmar can give to Alpine, that they've missed the last few years since Cyril got shafted. He shouldn't have left the sport. I'd like to see Cyril back as well.
1: Which team, though? Cyril worked for Red Bull? Oh,
0: absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? He would. He would. And he'd
1: run it into the ground and walk away laughing. He probably would, too. Let's talk about Alphatorre. I think they're the sleeper this season. I think they've got a car that they've been holding back on a little bit. They want a Mercedes. I hope so.
2: Me too. I really do like um, and You're the only one.
0: Yeah, you might be <laughs> the only person who does rate Sonoda. I, I don't
2: rate him. I just like him as a person. Oh, cool. Okay. As a rookie of his first year, I just want to see him go well.
0: Yeah, true. True. I'm a massive fan of Pierre Gasly.
1: Yeah. I hope it's quick. I I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think they're sandbag. I think they were competing with Mercedes for the sandbagger of the year. I think <laughs> they've been holding back purely because they came out of the blocks last year banging. They were fast. They were quick. Everyone thought this is the car in testing, and then Gasly was in a right car, and Sonoda crashed it. Yeah, constantly.
2: Yeah.
0: Also, shout out to Daniel Ricciardo for interrupting. Every interview Pierre's in by walking by and screaming his name into the microphone. If you've never seen... Pierre Gasly! If you've never seen the Pierre Gasly! Look it up on YouTube. It's incredible. It's quite... They even used it in Drive to, to Survive this they? season. I yeah. haven't watched Drive to Survive. You really
1: should. It's actually pretty good this year.
0: I think it's clearly, Evan, that I've decided on what happened last year.
1: <laughs> you have your even own story. It's brilliant. I wish I lived in your world with that story because that would be fantastic. Oh, it's great, man. The anxiety,
2: though, does get to you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gasly deserves a fast car as well after last year. He, right? And he's a great driver.
0: Oh, he really is. And watching watching him earn those wins meant meant the world to so many people in F1. Watching him step up onto those podiums, watching him win that race in Monza, if he won the race in Monza. <laughs> he did, he, he did, did win the
1: race in Monza, don't <laughs> I worry. not make
0: that up. That actually happened. I'm proud of that. Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Mike Crack's the team principal. <laughs> Please, gentlemen, professional discussion. Mike Crack's the principal.
1: And we don't really know much about him. He might be a bit smelly. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. It's too funny in name. The only thing funny if it had been Mike Hunt.
0: That would have been better. But at least introduce him as Michael Crack or something. Like, surely that social media intern has gone, yeah, this will get him. This will get him real good. But let's talk about the cars and the team. Seb, Seb Stroll. Will,
1: Seb may do better this year. Probably will do better. Stroll, back of the field. You th- yeah, you think back of the field now is that? Yeah, it's just based on what I said at testing. Like they, they really pushed the car and they were getting They were into a rhythm by the end. I just think the other teams are going to do better. Like, in a race situation, Stroll gets frustrated. And drives
0: over bumpers, gets a good shot on TV, ruins the footage for everyone else. Just
1: don't remind me. But, yeah, like, he's not – he's clearly there because his dad owns the money. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. His dad owns the team, but – And also the money.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: He owns he owns a lot of money.
2: Papa Stroll's rich. Oh,
0: dude. He got bank? <laughs> Look, if you're walking around in that stupid bright green tracksuit, you got billions of dollars. You can only get away with that if you're a billionaire. Basically. I do agree with you. I don't necessarily think their car's bad. I think other teams' cars are better. Other teams have two drivers who really want to compete and be in the sport. I'm not saying Seb isn't a competitor anymore, but he's not the young, aggressive, I-need-to-prove-myself kid.
1: And it shows. He's very much a Kimi Räikkönen. This is my hobby, and I enjoy it racing. And I enjoy
0: it, and I want to do well. And we've already said that. While Stroll can perform on occasion, he just seems to not be passionate like the others.
1: I think your point last week was great, um, saying that Stroll performs if the car is good. If the car is bad, Stroll doesn't perform. Yeah. I don't remember saying that, but I like it. You you (laughs) actually said that last week.
0: We need to keep a running tab of all the things I say, and if I, week to week have any form of consistency in my points, because I have a feeling now that we're recording all of this, that it's going to be pretty wild where one week I'll be like, yep, I think this has happened, and the first race review we do, I'm like, see, I knew this was happened. this is what I predicted, and I'll have you go, that's not what you said, mate. <laughs> Lower midfield for me for Aston Martin. Breaks my heart to say it. Lower midfield. I think that's an accurate statement. On to the team that I always forget exists. Williams. I'm going to start. I'm going to say bold. Upper midfield. I I think they might be pushing for fifth or fourth in the constructors this year.
1: That's a bold prediction. I think they'll be definitely pushing for consistent points, like that 10th, 11th, 9th, 8th position yep. consistently every race. And both drivers or just one? Both drivers. I think Latifi's he's proven he's, he's a quick driver. He's cut his teeth in the sport. He's proven he deserves to be there. He's not just there because he's a paid driver, because everyone forgets he's a paid driver.
2: No,
0: he's, he has a huge amount. He's got that coffee money. They love ours Yeah, sponsorship, doesn't he? Exactly.
1: So you forget he's a paid driver and he just... But he's I think he not they're, an untalented paid driver. He's definitely not untalented.
0: There, there is that delineation between drivers who bring sponsorship money to a team but are talented. Checo's one of those. So no one would say that Checo doesn't deserve his spot purely from talent. He absolutely does. It also helps he brings millions of dollars of sponsorship money wherever he goes to. Nicholas Latifi is in that boat, a very talented driver who has a nice big sponsorship bag that he can use for bargaining to argue for those opportunities. Whereas Stroll and Mazepin, who's now left the sport...
1: Which means Stroll becomes the punching bag.
0: Unfortunately, mate, that's what you've inherited. They are purely there based on their money more than anything. Yes, they had junior careers, but Mazepin's junior career was full of dangerous driving and accidents... Stroll has had some results in his junior crib, but there is a still and there will always be a significant gap between F2 and the junior categories and F1. It is another beast altogether. It is the o- one of the only motorsports where the cars are not on par. Most other motorsports have tighter regulations for parity. F1's probably got the biggest gap in performance between
1: vehicles across the grid. Well, if you look at other sports like supercars, NASCAR, IndyCar, they've all got the thing. They're like going for this car of the future, car of tomorrow. They've all got this new name, but it basically brings the cars into parity. You're only allowed to have X amount of aero, X amount of speed, X amount of this. And you know this what I mean? is, yeah, you're right. And, and b- it brings it back to drivers get their positions, not the cars, which is cool in those sports. But F1, it gets away with it because it's the pinnacle of motorsport. And it's never done that. And that. This is the year
0: that they've come closest to doing that. We're not saying that they're not moving towards that. These regulations are the tightest they've ever been. But they have still left so much room for disparity between the teams. Stroll is essentially in the sport based on his money more than anything. And because of that, I don't think he and his father are going to be the people to bring Aston back into a dominant F1 team. Nor do
2: I think Seb will. Uh, I think we're talking about William, Williams there.
0: Oh, how
1: did yeah. we even get on to? Yes, Aston no, money. we moved on. We moved on. Oh no, we didn't. No. We were shit talking Williams, and then we moved straight back to
2: Aston. Yeah, this is thank you, Reese. Yeah, Stroll. Yeah, we. Hate I Stroll, always yeah. forget about Williams. You know it
0: why? Seems I, even when I talk about Williams, <laughs> I forget about the mid sentence and talk about another team. <laughs> you know why?
1: We were talking about Latifi being a pay driver, and we That's went straight back to shitting on Stroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like Albon, I like Latifi, I'm sorry I keep forgetting about you, Williams. I am a fan, I swear <laughs> I'm a fan. When they're in front of me on the screen, I
1: go, damn, they're there, I really like them. Do you want to move on to
0: ninth from last year? Yeah, let's move on to ninth before I say something else stupid. Alfa Romeo. Now I'm going to start off by saying something stupid, I think. World Championship. <laughs> yeah, you wish.
1: <laughs> World Championship are binning it.
0: <laughs> is this is this the hars of... These regulations is this the team that has gone in
1: the wrong direction, made mistakes, and isn't in a financial position to pull themselves out? Oh, I think the I like it's obvious on the track they they didn't do much in testing. They they got out there consistently, consistently by the end, but they they it were crashing quick. out. They were slow. They weren't. I think that I think they're going to become the Williams of this generation.
0: Yeah, the yeah the Williams of this generation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad to see, but I think they've gone to They're just too far behind.
0: And because we all wanted this, like, fairytale for VB, go to this midfield team, bring it forward, but I think the design and engineering department might have put the lid on that and that this is going to be the struggle team. And it will, unfortunately, like it was a few years ago, will Sauber be able to maintain their place in F1? And I, d- I don't know. And it makes me a little bit worried for their future in the sport because it is so expensive to do these days. So if they have gotten this wrong, they may be stuck for a few years down the bottom and that it will essentially end Valtteri's career. I don't think he will be given an opportunity to step into another team if there's no performance here. And it also possibly will be a little bit of a career ruiner for Joe Guanyu.
1: Hey, you got it. Nailed
0: it. Joe Guanyu. Because he doesn't have the connection to Mercedes like George had. George went to Williams knowing it was not going to be a good car because Toto had always promised him, well, you're going to be racing for the big boys no matter what. Joe doesn't have that. And I'm just worried if this car doesn't work that we're going to see Valtteri end up leaving the sport and the first Chinese driver never really being given the opportunity to shine because he is a talented kid.
1: I've got nothing to add to that, mate. You've nailed it on the head. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Happy with that? All right, let's move on to the last places. Haas. midfield Weiss. midfield
2: yeah well yeah I have I reckon so the uh you told me a bit about Magnus Magnuson yeah Magnuson the other day he sounds convinced like he sounds like the ex- experience they need to push that team forward
0: he caught a podium or a race uh, it was he a got a podium in his very his first debut. race yeah and he was a reserve driver. Too. No, he was a
2: McLaren driver that year.
1: McLaren. That was his first official. His yeah, first year was in McLaren. Got dropped. Went to Renault for two years. Got dropped. Went to Haas. Got dropped. Back to Haas. Back to Haas. Well, I don't even think he was meant to be dropped from Haas. It was just the Nikita it was Mazepin money. money was just too good. They even mentioned that in Drive to Survive. Yeah, like yeah. They, they 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 the whole episode on Haas in this season. Spoiler alert! Really good, Jack. You should watch it. Even if you don't like it, you should watch it. I should probably watch it,
0: but. <laughs> The fantasy world I live in and the fantasy they, world they live in don't line up to the obvious reality that exists somewhere in the middle. But the,
1: the, the Haas episode in particular, oh, there's okay. no there's no fantasy in it. Like, you genuinely know that the issues between Dimitri and Nikita and the Haas team, and you see it on full show. Like Nikita was convinced his car was different to Mix, even though Gunther and everyone's like, his car's the same
0: they don't have enough money to make two different exactly
1: <laughs> you lucky that you lucky there's enough wings to go around seriously exactly so i think the money Mazapin put into that team has brought them to the midfield and unfortunately due to unforeseeable circumstances magnuson's going to profit off it big time he's had a year off he's gone he's gone won some races in ismaa He's gone to IndyCar, had some good times. He was last in the IndyCar test a few weeks ago. Thanks, Ericsson, for reminding me. And, um, yeah, I think that, that year away and that break from Haas is going to bring him back and he's going to be on song this year.
0: I hope so because he is a quick driver. And if anyone's only had experience with Magnussen in Haas, you haven't really seen what that dude is capable of because he's got elbows, he's not afraid to use them, he's not dangerous. He is quick
2: and he loves racing. So I think he'll go top 10 and that's a big difference from where they were performing last yeah, year. Yeah,
0: I, I said right at the top of the episode that I'm thinking Magnuson is going to pick up some points and I genuinely believe that. I know testing doesn't matter and I know teams are sandbagging, but still, last year in testing, they were coming in the bottom 10 and bottom five all the time. He put it quickest. And yes, you said he might have put it into a party mode and cranked it up. But even the Haas last year, Crank to Max, could not do that. So clearly there has been an improvement and K-Mag is going to be such a good mentor for Mick. Mick's going to learn. I think we're going to see a massive improvement from Mick this year because he will have an experienced driver in both F1, who is a podium getter and a race winner in other categories and a successful racer in everything he's really done. That level of experience and mentorship, that K-Mag can give to Mick knowing full well that neither of them are there going to win a world championship that team is going to be such a good learning year and experience for young Mick and it's also going to be such a fun year to have K-Mag back in the sport with a Haas team that he is part of the Haas DNA Roman and K-Mag became they and Gunter were Haas they were the they were like the Trinity of Haas. It was the th- it was the three <laughs> was. absolute psychos who all just wanted to do so good. But if only they'd stop
1: smashing doors and cars, they'd might do something. So it's nice we get to see that back a little bit. Did you see the meme? Meme and Mazepin on the back of the Simpsons box. <laughs> 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 no. A warning. Haas F1 tweeted out. Oh, a picture, I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> meme and Magnussen's face just over the door. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs>
0: I think what we can all agree on is that we're so excited to have racing back. Anything could happen. The second we stop recording this and the second cars are on track, we're probably going to be completely wrong.
1: But I'm okay with that.
0: I'm just excited to see it again. I guess that moves us on to the last segment of our show where we are going to do the quick top five, who we think will be first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. So,
1: Andy, who is your top five for this race? I'm going to go quick fire. I've got five. I've got Carlos, four, Checo, three, George. No, sorry, not George. I've got three, Danny Rick, because I'm still going to have my heart on him. <laughs> uh, two, Max, one, Charles. I like it. Reese, what's your top five?
2: Um, Not in order, in any order. It would be Max is up there, Lewis is up there, one of the um, Ferraris, one of the McLarens, and... Maybe any one of their team mates. Mates.
0: Yep. So my top five, I will say, now I'm going to work on the theory that Max and Lewis take each other out. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say number one is Charles Leclerc. It will be a Ferrari 1-2 with Carlos Sainz in second. There will be a McLaren in third place, possibly Lando Norris. Pierre Gasly, number five. And that's my top five. Is fourth.
1: (laughs) Insert name here is fourth. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack could be right next week. (laughs) Fuck it. They deserve some respect. Alex Albon, fourth. (laughs) I've forgotten about him all
0: year. You're going to get fourth place, big boy, and then I won't talk about you all year. All right. So that's everything we have for this week. We'd like to thank you very much for spending your afternoon or your morning or your commute with us. And if you want to reach out and contact us, you can find us at Formula Bums on pretty much every social media site. We don't normally ask for much, but we are just getting started. So it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a like, comment, or review. And if you don't like us, but you have some mates who you think will like us, it would mean the world if you could let them know about who we are. And we will see you all on Tuesday for our race review. Get keen. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Alpine did say that they have put performance over reliability, and the last time they did that, they famously blew up eight races for Daniel Ricciardo in, what, 2018?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's why he moved to Renault, wasn't it? Uh,
0: Possibly. Possibly. Now that I'm saying it, I've just said that Renault had bad performance, and that's then he went to Renault.
1: Renault. I think we need to redo that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That pin can be tacked on the end there. I think that's nice.
1: (laughs) Definitely (laughs) had that. there. That was stupid.